0: Hey friends, it's Melvin. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Here's just a few quick things I wanted to notify you guys about before we get started. First up, very soon, new episodes will be releasing Wednesday mornings rather than Tuesday. So don't panic if you don't see a new episode on Tuesday. Just wait a little longer and you'll see it in your feed. Second, we've introduced a mailbag. Check those show notes and toward the bottom you'll see a mailbag link. You'll then be able to text us any questions you might have about movies, the movie industry, or any movie-slash-Christian-related questions you might have. Then we'll respond in a future episode, so send us your questions now. Up next, Patreon polls, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $3 tier or higher, have been updated. Supporters can now suggest films or shows to be reviewed at the end of each month. The two most liked submissions will become the options for the Patreon poll, so if you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie or show, join our Patreon and start campaigning. And lastly, whether you're a new or a longtime listener, please consider writing a review or rating the Cinematic Doctrine podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Apart from financially supporting on Patreon, these are the two most helpful ways to support the show. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. But, uh, hey, if you, uh, just press play, uh, for this Jurassic World 3 episode, which I guess is going to be pretty late for you guys, but don't worry, it is the gift that keeps on giving. I can tell you that every time I've talked about this movie, something new and stupid has come up and I'm going, oh my gosh, this oh, you're hyping it, up. <laughs> it is, uh, it is every time, every time I've talked about it, it's crazy, but, uh, you press play on that, but you just missed out 30 minutes of us talking about, um, what is probably some dated Ezra Miller stuff, What isn't dated is just the discussion regarding Warner Brothers and the fact that they have put their uh, hopes in uh, some really crazy characters, real-life characters. Uh, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, Ezra Miller um who's who's cyborg i know that had a whole thing
1: ray fisher i mean that's its own like thing which has
0: kind of been resolved actually but like it it itself had some stuff it's like probably a little testy probably like a thin ice but that's kind of been resolved and then of course ben affleck and jared letter who could forget morbius but um we talked about about that we also talked a bit about just DC in general some Flashpoint expectations and maybe some solutions Daniel proposed three potential solutions to this problem and and, uh, asked me what I thought about those you can hear about that and then the last thing we talked about was a bit of Joker 2 news Uh, about it being a musical and why we think that could be a really cool idea you get access to this if you go on patreon support for three dollars a month a link is in the show notes for the cinematic doctrine patreon three dollars a month there are some higher tiers if you really like us you can pay a little more and uh if we've reached a certain tier i think the first tier is 150 dollars a month we will do the first god's not dead movie and talk about that and we intend to do the other ones with each tier we go up you can see all of those on the patreon you get access to all the other early content we put out too which usually includes like we like i just said you'd be getting 30 minutes of extra content right at the beginning for this episode the last few episodes also include extra stuff including with our halo episode a couple other tidbits that we talked about probably about 15 minutes in that one and 30 minutes for all the other ones uh but yeah we are here to talk about jurassic world 3 which i deliberately asked daniel not to (laughs) see i texted him and i said do not see this movie it is Bad and not yeah, in funny line, man. gain
1: tickets. Is uh, no, um,
0: and three days later, he goes, I'm seeing on Saturday. I said, You've <laughs> done exactly what I told you not to,
1: <laughs> so
0: so upset. A I little like,
1: context, I said
0: we will do an episode where I will tell you about it. You do not need to see it. And then I texted him. Get a backseat so you can use your phone. <laughs> so I don't know if you did.
1: Well, I mean, after uh, the after best episode ever, the Halo episode, I definitely feel like people are de- waiting for another episode where you just tell me about something I haven't seen. Yeah, um, I know it. But so right, at, right after you were telling me not to see it, Uh, my friend brendan texted me and i haven't seen brendan in a while and he was like oh you want to go see brendan and i have not seen a good movie together we we saw venom together in theaters uh we saw we we just every time we get together to see a movie it's a bad one yeah i'm trying to think when the last time i saw a movie with brendan but it's not coming to me (laughs) are we talking about the same brendan i think so yeah I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. <laughs> um, You're
0: supposed to yes and me. Come no, on, Dan.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to gaslight my friend who's going to be listening <laughs> to the first time. Like, do I know Melvin? <laughs> he turns and he has a friend named also named Melvin who just looks suspiciously like you. Oh, um, man, uh, it's it's like the variant thing. But so then he was also texting my <laughs> friend Trevor and my friend Nate and they all wanted to see the movies together and i was like guy i hear it's really bad <laughs> like <laughs> let's go see crimes no. in the future instead and they yeah. said no so uh we saw <laughs> world 3 together and another tidbit uh, before we get into it is I have not seen the second one. I assume that wouldn't be too big a deal, right? Jurassic Park, pretty simple premise. And it turns out I missed some very important information uh, between these two movies. My wife hasn't seen either of the first or second of the Jurassic
0: Park. Uh, so movies. this is just
1: incomprehensible. So she
0: just <laughs> went into it. And just completely blind. It's like, who's Chris Pratt? Why is he here? <laughs> so i so we went to see this we had just watched the first episode of stranger things season four blown away blown away pot like right at the end we had to go to drive to the movies and i the the final shot of the scene happens credits roll and i just pause it go holy cow that was amazing his heart's pumping super great and i go all right let's go see this horrible dinosaur movie i guess (laughs) so we drive to the theater it's 20 30 minutes to get there i sit down in my seat 10 minutes in, I lean over to Kat and I said, man, this was such a bad idea. And she goes, <laughs> "She goes, we can always leave. And of course I don't, because I'm thinking we might do it for the podcast and I'd like to at least finish it. But throughout the movie, I'm constantly thinking, but I think it would be a good critic thing to say I left the theater because I can completely explain to you why within 10 minutes I could have left and known the rest of the movie enough to say, don't go see it. Now, during this experience, I started stretching. I got ants, antsy. I w- not because the movie is making me uncomfortable, but because I'm getting so bored. And the movie's two hours and forty minutes, two hours and twenty minutes. It's it's just long. And it feels it, like, it
1: would not end. It just, it just going. keeps going.
0: And all uh, we'll get into the specifics why this is so terrible, but we'll just I'll just tell you right out the gate. It's called Jurassic World Dominion. And there's just like no dinosaurs eating people and they're not really traveling across the world watching dinosaurs attack people. And frankly, the dinosaurs don't seem to be a big problem, despite the fact that dinosaurs are released.
1: It's one of the weirdest things about the movie, and I'll get more into that. There's just a couple of specific instances where that really bothered me. and also doesn't make any sense, but I mean... Getting ahead it, of the, herself, the world I should think.
0: be a disaster right now, but also there shouldn't be that many dinosaurs because there was only a- col- a collection of them, and then they were just released in the u s which frankly means you could all right we'll get into the specifics in a minute, but I started noticing people getting up and down in their seats constantly, so no one cared about the yes
1: film. this was the busiest the ever been. people were getting up, they were walking around, they were going to the snack bar, or whatever like it was not holding the audiences nobody like, cared attention. one
0: dad got up and like leaned over to talk to his kids he's just standing in the theater talking to his kids facing away from the screen <laughs> about, and then at some point about leaves. what just like i don't know that's like the you movie. guys read your
1: college essays yeah, yeah like, <laughs> things. i can read them if you want like uh it's
0: like uh it's like the tim and eric skit for the uh the absolute vodka commercials i'm sorry guys my dad my mom and dad died a couple hours ago <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, so stupid. Uh, <laughs> that's a good skit. Um, <laughs> that's a really funny. But then, like, yeah, people are coming up and down. I I wanted to go buy food at the, like, uh, where the kitchen is just to, just because I wanted to talk to somebody. I wanted to talk to human <laughs> I wanted to beings. feel
1: something. <laughs> I,
0: wanted, I also just wanted to buy food so I had something to do while watching this movie. I was so bored. I, like, I, my eyelids started to flutter. I was nodding off to this movie, which is I have not had. Catherine does it all the time; she falls asleep to movies. It's amazing. She still has no idea how Rise of Skywalker ends, and it's like the last forty minutes of that movie. She falls asleep early in that. Also movie.
1: Also, partially written by Colin Trevorrow. So
0: yeah, and you know what? Both this is the first time this a movie has evoked Rise of Skywalker for me, where all the actors really don't look interested in the movie. They are just—they're getting a paycheck because they had a contract they signed back in 2014 that said we're going to do a trilogy. So I guess we're sticking around. And even the old cast reprising the roles as the legacy, legacy characters just don't look interested in the movie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is borderline insufferable in this film. It's just annoying. Um, I get that everyone just loves him a parrot alongside the meme status plus uh world uh, according to but like it is just bad and so yeah I'm almost falling asleep I'm bored I want to go home and then finally we go home and I'm like excited cuz I'm like well at least I can watch episode of straight episode 2 of stranger things season 4 and it's like 12:30 and I'm like it's too late <laughs> so I just go to bed disappointed it was just just terrible um and that's my experience with the movie I could have left and I could have, like I said, just told you about it and we'll get into the, the movie proper. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It sounds like you also had some experience with this movie. I mean, you saw it with people. How, how did that go?
1: Um, so just to, I, we're definitely gonna send this episode to them, but, uh, they didn't like it. Um, uh, we all were, we <laughs> Does all were anybody like this upset. We all were upset <laughs> at Brendan after like, what the heck, Brendan? And he's like, I like dinosaurs or whatever he said. Um, uh, there, <laughs> it was, it's, it's, it's always interesting when you get a group of people, all of whom have distinct tastes and interests and things that they like, and they all can be like united against something. Let's wait, just like episode seven. <laughs> um, yeah, but so despite the fact we all have interesting tastes and, and distinct things we like and do not like, and my friend Brendan, he's seen every single Godzilla movie. He's seen all the Toho monster movies. Um, we saw oh the other movie we saw together. We saw Godzilla King of the Monsters, the second one from that oh, series. Bad movie, yeah. Uh, which he enjoyed more than me because it had really cool monster fights. Which to be fair, they're cool monster fights does. in that movie. Yeah, super kind of but that. It's pretty neat. Some really great visuals of that. But yeah, we all collectively did not like it. We all disliked the fact it was so very long. The fact that nothing really happens. The movie yeah. doesn't really get started for an hour. It's, um, it's yeah. The acting is bad. Chris Pratt looks like he doesn't want to be there. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is doing what she can, probably thinking about all the great episodes of The Mandalorian she's directed. And it's just kind of a total disaster. And people were getting up and walking around during the movie. I mentioned earlier that someone was um, scrolling through Instagram (laughs) in front of me. Uh, People were talking. People were getting up. Kids were asking their parents what was going on because they took their kids to see a fun dinosaur movie that just desperately didn't want to be about dinosaurs for some reason. And about two minutes in, I leaned over to Brendan and I said, I heard online that this movie is mostly about locusts and he said what and then with like a few minutes later just yes. a sort of locust attacks of children i laughed the and kids he, running away it's he so turned funny. to me and said i can't believe you're right <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> every time there were scenes of people in peril it's like in the happening when she looks on her phone and goes look at this and the tiger rips the guy's arms off <laughs> and it's just people running away with dinosaurs like pecking at them it's so funny yeah. i yeah, got laughter every time uh Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, t- uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted. I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want me to- expand to... Cinematic Doctrine. You know right, this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right. Each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run.
1: So, I'll see you guys later. Uh, right up the front it, right at right at the very beginning is gonna be some stuff but i'm gonna let's introduce the movie real quick I'll uh, i'll go down a brief plot synopsis and then we can just spend the next like four hours complaining about it uh, so um oh, it's just uh, bad jurassic world dominion is the third film in the jurassic world sequel series to the jurassic park trilogy uh from the director of book of henry comes <laughs> comes uh, at safety, another not guaranteed, in which
0: isn't bad <laughs> good, it's movie. Pretty good like that
1: movie good indie film um Following book of Henry, Colin Trevorrow was removed from the third Star Wars film, which is why J.J. Abrams is hastily brought back. Uh, so and make he, did that write, he, will.
0: he did write Jurassic World 2, which did, is also pretty bad. Yes.
1: yes. Um, written, directed by Colin Trevorrow, with additional screen, screenplay credit to Emily Carmichael. Story by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow uh obviously the based on the michael Crichton novels although at this point we're really stretching what based on (laughs) means at this point also steven spielberg is credited as a producer but i'm sure that's mostly in name only um to be clear leading up to the film's release colin trevorrow did a ton of press talking about how he's really excited to explore the concept of how human beings would adapt to living beside dinosaurs in modern society and there's bits and pieces of that and that would have been a way more interesting movie but it's not that for some reason uh, Justice yeah, World what, Dominion. What?
0: That's so weird. I mean, that was basically his. Um, he uh, another aside is he did do a short film. I think in 2020 it came out called Battle at Big Rock. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Like it's a cool short film. It actually got me excited more for this because at the end of two, you get a shot of like a pterodactyl on like Route 66, which is kind of funny. Um, but it was like okay, that seems pretty cool. uh which of course we're not going to get in a couple of years. Oh, oh, sad, Melvin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> The short film is just people camping and then a, like a um, uh, the one with the b- uh, big face. It's herbivore though. I forget what it's called. Um, that kind of Triceratops. walks into the campsite and everyone has like a protocol where you just get into your campers and you hide um, and they know it's docile. So you get a cool scene of like people being amazed by dinosaurs. So it's, you know, evoking Jurassic Park 1 where they're just going around looking at dinosaurs. But then – a a t-rex shows up and starts eating it and attacking people and it turns into a little short horror film and it's really cool because it's focused on randoms trying to react to the fact that dinosaurs now exist in on at least the continental us is really where they're supposed to be but apparently they're everywhere now then you get this movie which is completely not that yeah and that's uh that's what's really strange about it
1: there's a couple very strange things. also
0: did you know that this movie has no colon in the name it's just Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic so World people, Dominion.
1: It people just are, rolls around the tongue. <laughs> okay.
0: uh, um, people are like, why is there no colon that's throwing me off? And then, of course, giving it like a star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. I mean, that's a fair rating, to be to, to be honest with you. But Jurassic um,
0: World Domination could have been cool. I
1: don't oh, know why they call it that. But I guess also think they have Dominion over the Earth now, I guess. Domination but they sounds don't. so much more so Domination has more like an action movie, which, to be fair, this is not. So I yes. can see why. That'd it's be, barely uh, a movie it's just it's but, so boring Jurassic uh, World Dominion picks up kind of where the last movie left off to be clear I did not see it which causes some problems later but the movie begins with an ex- extended info dump to catch up to speed following the events of the last film where <laughs> For, dynast-
0: from uh, what's it called? Uh, now This it's a Now, now this. this video
1: <laughs> which is i like that that's that's uh, one of my favorite things in the entire movie is it starts with a now this like clickbait with like bookends yeah you'll as you scroll through instagram you see a video talking about what's going on with, with all these dinos <laughs> running amok and there's some cool stuff right here at the beginning where you see like like uh uh pterodactyls are like making nests on top of buildings people are trying to adapt again if the movie had been about this you might have had something but it's not and so we see that Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are living with a girl that I didn't realize was a clone until partway into the movie. And the first couple minutes of the movie are them hanging out with a clone in the woods. I lean over to my friend, Brendan. I'm like, this is a Jurassic Park movie, right? (laughs) Like there's going to be dinosaurs in this, right? Very weird. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is hanging out with two characters from the last movie who are only in this early scene trying to rescue dinosaurs from poachers uh, who are cloning them. But dinosaurs also are everywhere all the time. So why is there a black market to make more if they're also everywhere all the time? I did not understand this at all, and it's an important plot point. <laughs> like, why is there a black market <laughs> for dinosaurs if they're also nonstop I, everywhere?
0: I so I've watched Book of Henry. This sorry, movie. I'm like screaming. It's okay. So I, every funny. time I've talked about this, this is it is. I'm, I'm trying movie, to get through the plot. But <laughs> the movie causes so many emotions after you've seen it because it's so it's it's. This is um. Uh, I've heard it described that this movie is 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 a movie that tells you you're dumb because it really (laughs) expects you not to think through a lot of it, Um, and if you don't think about the movie, I guess I I don't like saying that you're stupid for liking this movie, Uh, but like there is something about like how the plot itself really demands that you don't think one bit about it, and it's really it's like it's hard, right? Like so yesterday. It was Father's Day, and I gave my dad. He wants. He wanted to play Elden Ring. He wanted to buy a whole console for it. And I was like, hey, uh, fa-, so Father's Day, I bought him a copy, but I lent him my old Xbox so he can play it. And he's doing a fight with, like, <laughs> essentially, like, the first boss in the tutorial is just a normal enemy. Um, and uh, the way he's, like, fighting it is, like, he's, like, just button mashing, doesn't know how a controller works. But then at the end, he got really a lot better. And I showed him that, like, you got to watch the watch the move sets try and learn the button presses right you want to stand back you want to move around you want to keep watch you're learning how they work before you go into attack them so i had to show him like how to do the fight so i was trying to do some timings like dodging at uh, this time at that time but i wanted to show him what it looked like to do it wrong and i literally could not i couldn't dodge into attacks to get hit on purpose and stuff so i can't turn off the part of my brain that just knows how to do what it's doing. But at some point he picked up what I was doing and like this movie, I can't just not do that. I can't just watch it without like accepting, like this is a stupid movie and I'll just get over it. Cause even like the room, like it's a stupid movie, but it makes it funnier because I, Know how movies function and why that one doesn't work, but this one, it's like even if you know how movies function and why it doesn't work, it's not really even fun either because I don't even get fun scenes of like dinosaurs eating people. Every time a dinosaur dives to eat somebody, the camera zooms in on someone who's reacting to it, so I never get to see someone get eaten (laughs) by a dinosaur. There
1: there is one scene I'll bring up now. There's one scene where a character gets eaten by a dinosaur, and so there's a sequence of this movie where chris pratt and i believe Bryce Dallas howard are being chased by velociraptors through a city which is i have my issues with this actually um jacob neff from feeling film tweeted about this and he actually made a really great point um and this is something i actually thought of also while watching the movie which is if you go back and watch jurassic park one and two and i like the second jurassic park movie for various reasons um sequences where humans are being chased by dinosaurs are tense because the humans have to outthink and outmaneuver the these apex predators are intelligent. Every sequence where someone's running from a dinosaur is a tense um nail-biting scene and characters often like situations spiral out of control. I love the scene in Jurassic Park 2 where they're in an upside down camper and as they're trying to get out of it things are breaking the glass is like cracking underneath them as they're trying to move around all very tense. In this movie they're just normal chase. You could replace the dinosaurs with any creature. It could just, just be a car chase. Them. And yeah, yeah there are car chases. Except they digitally remove the cars, replaced with Velociraptors who are always just slower. If you're in a plane, a truck, a motorcycle, you're running. <laughs> it's like Obi Wan when they just chase a Leia. <laughs> it's um, like when
0: they chase Leia,
1: they're just like jogging. Now, it's so during this scene, they drive into a circle, and then there's just two T Rexes there in the middle of the city for no reason. And a guy in a Segway gets eaten by T Rex because they just didn't notice them there, I guess. I don't know why the dinosaurs are there. I don't know why people didn't react to the fact there's two giant dinosaurs in the middle of a city. They eat someone and they move on. Where do these dinosaurs come from? Why did no one running from them? Why are the police there well, trying to get these T-Rexes away?
0: The movie is stupid, so it's hard to keep up with, but it's because that uh, all the dinosaurs got released at the black market. That's yeah, why but why within. is
1: there a guy in a Segway just gingerly driving through a middle of a city where there's multiple dinosaurs running around? Yeah, like towards them. I know it's really <laughs> it's, stupid. It's very like even with your explanation, I dropped my wallet. I got it. get my wallet. <laughs> and, and then it just moves on. People in my theater are literally looking around, I'm like, "Where did those dinosaurs come from?" <laughs> but like, it's just it's crazy. Um, but then you don't even really get to see it because the
0: way that all the dinosaurs eat people, he chops them like,
1: and it's well cool. And then it moves on. Like, but there's barely. No- it's
0: more like when I swallow a pill, they just do it in whole. Whereas it would be more fun if like they like because dinosaurs have necks like dogs they're made for ripping and tearing so like you don't even get a scene where like they bite and like whip and then like a a pg-13 bloodless like limb flies off like in a um i don't know like suburban sasquatch or something just goofy (laughs) which is more violent than this movie but yeah so it's it's so anyway
1: um so the movie opens up (laughs) and chris and brystal are living in a cabin with it with a clone from previous movie because you saw it's like a movie right yes okay it's really what happens in that movie so i didn't i did there's human cloning dinosaurs are released onto the world and there's no Jurassic park anymore let's start
0: with this i've never so i've either never seen jurassic park or i don't remember watching it but i remember scenes from it so i don't know where i'm at with that it is it it is a a great
1: movie it holds up entirely but i have
0: seen jurassic world I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not. And the movie's pretty fun. Like it is a fun popcorn movie. I just rewatched Red Letter Media's video on it. And like, it reminded me of like the things that I like while also like Mike on Red Letter Media liked it a lot. Um, Jay did not. Um, but both of their thoughts, I remember believing at the same time. Um, Jay's more criticism of like, it's just Jurassic Park, but worse um, for me, it's just, it's the fact that it's just a simple premise, but then also pretty well executed. I don't know what it is about that movie that makes it work compared to uh, I, mean, uh, I don't know the sequel the but then- basic
1: premise of people at a theme park get eaten by dinosaurs because dinosaurs cool, get out of control right
0: like i like the mayhem that makes it fun <laughs> that premise is airtight
1: man like they remind really me not- there's
0: a scene where like a guy's running from dinosaurs but he runs back to get his two mimosas and then runs away like stuff like you that get a is, lot of good gags and that's stuff. um it's so funny uh, that's
1: jimmy buffett oh really <laughs> jimmy buffett making a cameo in the movie that's why he's getting his margaritas <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah
0: but like you get you get Fun stuff like that, right? Like yeah. people running from dinosaurs is cool. The second movie is by Stiles Howard, who used to run the park. Now is a act- an activist, and they just learned that the the mountain that they were the the island they built on is also an active volcano. Oops, whoopsie, uh and it's about to <laughs> erupt. And all the Nobody's dinosaurs,
1: everybody's nerfied,
0: you know. <laughs> I know, and uh the the dinosaurs are all are stuck there, and they're going to die. So then she's like, "We got to go save them." And to get Chris Pratt to do it, she's like. They meet at a bar, uh, the stereotypical I'm a writer but don't know what to do, so I'm going to have my characters sit at a bar table or at a dinner table and talk. Um, so they sit there and talk, and um, she's just like, Blue's there. we got to go see Blue, the reptile, or the reptile, <laughs> the, the velociraptor. So they go and save them. But then as they're saving them, people are, uh, they, they're saving them, and then they also see that people are abducting the dinosaurs. And they're like, who's that? And then they follow them to a a uh, mansion where uh, under the mansion is a secret lab where they are auctioning off dinosaurs to foreign countries and mercenary groups. And they also made another special dinosaur that is really smart. Uh, and if you point a laser at something and press a button, then it goes and chases after them. And in red letter media, they make a good point where the example they show is in the auction. This guy has a gun with a laser pointer and he points it at one of the person persons in the auction and then presses the button, and the dinosaur eats the person at the auction. And the first thing they say is, "Isn't this supposed to be an auction? Is anybody going to want to buy stuff now that they know they're all at risk of the crazy person who's selling the dinosaur?" And two, if I'm already pointing a gun at somebody, why do I need to tell a dinosaur to go kill them? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's like really a great stupid. Point. Um, <laughs> But um so anyways, that dinosaur at some point escapes, but it plays dead because they're trying to capture it. And there's a camera shot of where it plays dead laying on the ground. It's been tranquilized. And a guy wants to come up to take its tooth out because he collects teeth. And at some point, the dinosaur wakes up, winks at the camera. They give it a smile and it closes its eye again to tell everyone it was playing along. And then once the guy's in the cage, he gets up and eats them. It is just the campiest film it's but it's genuinely kind of fun in that way like i when i saw it there was nobody except for these two people behind me and the woman was constantly into it she was gasping and freaking out i wanted to laugh but i didn't (laughs) want to take away from their experience but it's that kind of movie
1: so did she freak out when the the uh, raptor winked at the camera
0: I think she went like (gasps) and something like that. It was really sweet. (laughs) The movie's grown sentient. (laughs) I know, they're looking right at me. I can't believe Wanda looked at me. This (laughs) movie needs to be rated R. But um uh so that sounds
1: like that sounds like somebody was asked to write a Jurassic Park movie and was like, well, if we're not in a park. <laughs> where in the world do we take this movie and just threw every unused science fiction script in are Like they had a bunch of scripts in their drawer that they've been working on, and I'm like I guess it's a Jurassic Park movie now and just shoved yeah, them all. In it's there. very stupid.
0: Anyways, the the dinosaur escapes, and it actually is kind of a cool sequence where it's like a monster exploring a mansion. So it's like clever and smart and sneaking around
1: and climbing I thought on you the were rooftops. Done, um, nope, wrapping it's not the movie.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's two hours and forty minutes. Also, it's really long. Oh my gosh, um, these were it's it's. I'll give it to um, Colin Trevorrow for cleverly taking a lot of money from people and time <laughs> from people. Cause Black Book of uh, Henry is pretty long too. It's, it isn't, it is ridiculous, but yeah, it's but very that's a funny. masterpiece. You, so I mean, you got to check it out. I equally think it's the one of the worst. It is the worst movie I've seen this year, period. I know I've seen Morbius, but it is terrible, but it's also very funny. Um, Cause I think what just makes it terrible is it just feels like it's by an alien. Like the things that thinks it's are cool are not cool. And so it's like, it is the book of Henry is the kid you bullied in school. And, Um. but unlike how you have regret as an adult for it, book of Henry, you don't have regret for it. It's like, it's bad. It's, it is a bad movie. So anyways, the dinosaur gets out and there's these weird sequences, but at some point the, the girl who's the clone in this movie gets into the basement. Chris Pratt and everybody's there for some reason. And then uh, the villain runs away and says, she's a clone. Everyone's like, okay, I don't know why you're telling us that. Who cares? Uh, But they say that it's specifically that um, her father was i think had a daughter but then she wanted when the daughter died she made a clone of them to just basically have them live again and so it's a cool science fiction thing in theory but not in a jurassic park movie stupid um and it's not like she has cool dinosaur powers like that would have been kind of dumb and fun so if she's, like
1: if she's I, I, my assumption, because again, this is a draft. They retcon it in
0: the third. They change who she's cloned from and how she's cloned. Oh, so, well, I mean, that, so it that doesn't, doesn't ma- matter. That doesn't just, matter to me. We got to move on. That's I, the movie, right? Well, it doesn't I, matter. I, we got to move on. <laughs> I,
1: I assumed it'd be like she's a clone and it somehow relates to dinosaurs. Like they use dinosaur DNA to clone her or something. It's just that,
0: oh, if we can use DNA to make dinosaurs, what if we can do it with people too? So who cares? It's, it's still
1: incidental to the. So it's it's a separate scientific breakthrough that is a revolutionary that has also happened within this world. So
0: because at the end there, the place is on fire. It's all going to get destroyed. And they're like in a, in the mainframe room. I don't know, like the main center. And there's a big, basically just a big red button that there's two buttons. There's one to open the doors so the dinosaurs can get out, but there's a main door that they can't leave. And for some reason, there's just, it's just like a depot where you could just enter and exit. And she's there Chris Pratt's like, I don't know. They're, or Bryce Dass Howard's like, oh, they're all going to die. The dinosaurs going to die here, but we got to go. And Chris Pratt's like, yeah, I, they're all going to die. That's sad. And then the little girl hits Again. the button to open the door and let them out. And she goes, they're just like me. <laughs> and, so, and like Chris Pratt like looks at her. No, they and are like, not. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, so, and so they- <laughs> You- nobody says anything and they just <laughs> they just show a scene of like yeah a philosopher after root 66 and you're like wow a lot of people are about to die <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then apparently nobody dies because apparently That's the now this so video weird. wait in the new movie only says like 60 people have died no they would no there should be way more people who've died more than 60 do- people died in jurassic world what are you talking about
1: <laughs> also like do the, do the people just not know who an animal like Okay, there's two major problems right out of the gate. First off, hundreds of people die every year from non-dinosaur animal-related incidents. I know. Like, animals are not, like, Ticks, man! Like, Ticks are tics. just,
0: like... <laughs> We're like, oh you got lime for the rest of your life. Good it's luck. Like, it's like okay, like
1: you can't. Dinosaurs don't have stupid. to be like inherently evil in order to kill people. Like one of the deadliest animals in the world is the hippopotamus. Because it oh, gets my up, word. it gets aggressive at ships, and sometimes if you're it op- it gets up out of like a river and actually causes ships to, to turn over. Like animals are based on instinct so like if you walk up to a bunch of foxes and they think you're about to attack it the foxes will attack you that also applies (laughs) in theory to dinosaurs what you ever see let the right one in yes
0: (laughs) the cats when the cats that's the the worst scene in the otherwise perfect movie but the there's a woman who owns a ton of cats but she gets bit by a vampire and then at some point just like a thousand cats just start attacking her (laughs) it looks terrible but like yeah on instinct animals will kill you but apparently yeah, in like, of this video oh less than a hundred people have died. yeah
1: more than a hundred people have died from traffic accidents because dinosaurs <laughs> would walk onto the street like there's oh, no so way to so look. second um that this drastic world dominion and i'm just gonna say because it doesn't really get addressed really in the movie but um the idea that dinosaurs would just become part of the world and nothing else happens as a result of this that's it they're just around it's very stupid if you i mean bring... the national
0: guard would bring a tank and shoot a t-rex well, and like yeah it would be They every they're... year and, like you know, also it wasn't a lot of dinosaurs let out so i don't know why there's this implication that there's just dinosaurs everywhere because it's only been like maybe a year they, after the movie they,
1: they have gone all over the world according to the beginning of the movie they fly I know, that's around weird. it doesn't make any sense but then like <laughs> which uh I'll, I'll i'll make a point about this in a second but um if you bring a fish from one country to another country that destroys that ecosystem, there's tons of invasive species all over the world. This is a, a issue every year. There's other species of animals actually going extinct.
0: <laughs> People are freaking out about the TikTok frog army because the guy just like, did you see that? No, there's but I, I know who what just, you're talking about. He collected a ton of frog spawn and just uh, over a, a thousand frogs he just has in the backyard and after a month it's just he can't step outside because there's frogs everywhere that's and that's like really bad that's (laughs) really so
1: multiply that Uh. by a billion because you introduce dinosaurs back into the entire world this is an ecological disaster and it's never brought up like every like based on your description of the last movie the next movie is already written
0: Right? It should be a disaster movie on an on, on a biblical scale yes you can't do ships because you're at risk of, like like um uh you thought there was a crisis of transportation <laughs> because of covid and because of uh the the canal getting blocked in 2020 but it's like that giant monster no, like the, yeah <laughs>
1: monsters from the deep are attacking ships Ah, <laughs> oh, it's and the fact that that's not this movie is insane like i was flabbergasted like watching the opening of this movie I was like, oh. It takes 50 minutes to
0: do anything because we introduce five groups of characters. And if I, I have not seen Jurassic Park, so I don't know these legacy characters. So okay, thirty so- minutes of their introductions is like, I don't know who these people are. Who
1: who cares? <laughs> That's a so bonkers to me. But um <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So uh, after we beat Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, we we are reintroduced <laughs> to Sam Neill. Uh, I think you
0: were making a joke about it being a four-hour episode, but I just don't think this is gonna be a four-hour well, episode. <laughs> and to be clear,
1: uh, I'm okay with things not making sense if what you do is really fun or interesting with it. Like there's a lot of speculative science fiction specifically that doesn't logically hold up because they're exploring Moral quandaries or ideas or premises. The fact that they just drop all these dinosaurs on the entire world and then just move on to something else is unfathomable to me. Like, I cannot believe that you're given on a platter the easiest premise to make a monster disaster movie out of, which is what if dinosaurs were everywhere and they don't do anything with it?
0: I thought the opening scene with the Now This was going to be like Starship Troopers, where she's talking and walking and then just like a dinosaur crabs her and like, <laughs> like walking away. <laughs> Or and like Jurassic Troopers, they're
1: recruiting an anti-dinosaur army. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, gentlemen, who we've been training for. You know,
0: yeah, I'm doing my part. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it, a Triceratops on the ground, like bleeding, clearly not yeah. going to attack uh, anyone. Uh, I found one. Yeah, <laughs> just no.
1: Shoot, yeah. Instead, we get shots of girls feeding like dinosaurs, like they're ducks at a pond. Oh, That's so dumb. So, um, Sam Neill comes next. Alan Grant. He was a star of Jurassic Park one and three. And then we also get Laura Dern's character from Jurassic Park one and three as well. Um, it's established that Laura Dern's character has since separated from the Manchus within Jurassic Park 3, which is actually kind of something fans wanted because fans, from my recollection, were not happy about the implication that Alan Grant and um, Ellie Sattler, which so Sam Neill and Laura Dern did not get back together uh, was something of a point of contention for fans. So we get introduced to them and they Sam Neill is doing archaeology still. And you think they're going to make some sort of point about why it's important to still do like archaeology, even if dinosaurs walk around the earth. Uh, They're even is shots of kids like on their phones, not paying attention, but that's never brought up again. And there's something oddly uncharismatic about these returning actors. Like they seem happy to be back. Like the people that actually seem kind of game are Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, while Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard don't look like they actually want to be there, but they, there's something kind of off all their interactions. And this is where you run into the problem where things have been sucked up into the MCU hole. Where the idea is just the presence of returning actors is itself a um, uh, makes up for a lack of anything actually happening. in The scenes where you're supposed to just be excited to see these characters again, but they don't really say or do anything. And you run this weird problem where the movie is trying to get all these characters into one place, but it doesn't seem to know how to do that, even though the plot is right there. Okay, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt uh, need to get their clone daughter back. And also, there's dinosaurs back in the world. So Laura Dern and Sam Neill also need to go to the same place. But the movie takes forever to get everyone back into one place for some reason, where they go through all of these weird plot developments, where first, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt have to track down a smuggler and because they think she's set to one place, but she's actually set somewhere else. Why is this whole middle sequence where they go to a place where the girl isn't in the movie in the first place, you could cut that out entirely. They could just know that she's been taken by biogen or whatever, then go to the biogen place. Why is there this entire digression? In the I don't know the why movie? they didn't
0: do world war Z where they could just have the characters travel around and you have your first half first third is going to be the chaos of having um, dinosaurs everywhere. The middle part is learning more information and traveling to. We are past a,
1: that point where the the there's a million other things you could have done with this movie oh, yeah, that yeah, have been a yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred right, times right. better. <laughs> I'm saying if you're doing this movie already, why are you doing it this way? The movie is yes. two and a half hours. Why do we need a whole digression in the middle of the movie it where they go to a It takes minutes for market? the movie to
0: start. It's just terrible. I I was reflecting mostly on the editing and how like it it's really is. A, it's a corner cutting movie. Um, so we briefly mentioned they go to that black market and I remember like they, I didn't know why they were going to the black market. And I leaned over to the cat, like asking, did I miss a scene? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. So, like, <laughs> Something so feels just, wrong. <laughs> so like, I didn't know why they were going there. Uh, it actually reminded me of the scene at Chippendale where they go to the bread baker <laughs> with the cheese. You got any cheese? <laughs> but, um, um,
1: a superior film.
0: That's right. But, um. Yeah, I didn't know why they were going there. And then they're talking about how important it is to stick together. But then the next scene is a character walking into a bathroom and Laura Dern's there. And my first thought is like, oh, my gosh this is supposed to be a really dangerous area and you're going to do something as mundane as go to the bathroom
1: alone.
0: <laughs> like, what are you doing? They just said, don't look um, at anybody. Do you, and she's, do you, mean, do you mean the
1: smuggler uh, woman is there with Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah.
0: But like Bryce Dallas Howard's in the bathroom when like they were supposed to search for something altogether. And then the uh, Chris Pratt and the other guy just vanished. They like teleport. <laughs> and then she's just in the bathroom. And I'm like, why did, why is she doing that? Why, what's going on? Like,
1: there is no <laughs> sense of like, separation geography. of space geography yeah there's
0: no sense of geography or space so i just kept losing track of where people were Mamadal athi it was good to see that he got a paycheck after rk 81 he's yeah got, i was he got pumped a, to see him he, in this i was very happy about that he kind of just acts the same but that's fine um <laughs> i'm gonna probably go check out his other movies but um uh he uh there's a scene where he's helping uh i think it's jeff goldblum get into a car And he's talking to him and he's like, things are going great. He's like, actually, not really. It's kind of terrible. Worst thing that could happen. And then anyways, a door needs to be open and they just do a wide shot and he's already at the button to open the door. We didn't see him like finish the conversation and start walking away, which would be typical because it is, editing is fascinating. You really do need to give people just like a second of motion to imply movement and then relocation. And it's just the movie constantly has that. And so you know the editor was like, oh my gosh, I have four hours of content I got to cut down. And this is not a good movie. They're like constantly, I mean, they have seen this movie hundreds of times at this point because they're trying to figure out how to order it. they like, I have five opening scenes before the movie starts with 10 minutes of each character. And I don't, there isn't even geography between the last movie to explain where these people are. And so it's just like, it is nuts it is absolutely insane and uh that's just on top of the fact that the premise is about locusts like yes. goodness gracious so
1: um to, to a couple of quick things first off early on there actually is a pretty decentish scene uh where the what's the name of uh, Maisie Lockwood the clone girl who Isabella Sermon is really good as Maisie like i'm going to defend her performance i think she's really good as a character i think it's a weird character but there's a scene where she like goes to like into town and there's like just a dinosaur has wandered into like a logging something or other, and then lead the dinosaur away. And it's the only, only times in the movie where you get a sense of like, oh, this is what life would be like if dinosaurs were just reintroduced.
0: Or like, even the one dinosaur like stands up and snow had collected on it, which was pretty cool because you would just wouldn't know he was. Yeah, snow.
1: yeah, yeah. There's some, there's a couple of cool things like that. But so she is taken to an airfield where the woman who played Jia Ying in Ages of Shield is there and buys her or takes her. And then the next scene, the the woman who had her on a plane is just in this black marketplace with them. And then the kidnapped girl just also ends up at Biogen. And there's like no sense of time over which these things take place. Characters just are one place and another place suddenly, like you're talking about, where you can pull that off. But you need to do something to help the audience sort of assimilate to where people are. Oh, yeah. Literally, this the smuggler woman is in one scene. The next scene chris Pratt and bryce house howard walk into a place looking for their daughter who this woman just saw and for a second you think maybe she's going to be here because the smuggler's here no the smuggler's just here now it's very weird pacing but simultaneous to this lord dern is studying a phenomenon where giant mutant locusts are eating up um, plant life but not eating up biogen plant life so she assumes biogen is on involved and then oh, Dr. Biosin, ian malcolm, Sin,
0: by the way i Biosin. could have let you go the whole time but yeah. uh, the movie doesn't care about anything but, yeah, so why
1: bio, should we well uh, so okay yeah. Ingen is a good company from the or is the company the first movie so i'm, just, I'm mixing their names for some reason but biosyn <laughs> um and so dr ian malcolm jeff goldblum his invited her to go check out something at biosyn and you have this horrible seeking feeling of oh my gosh is it going to be about the locust is this what the movie is actually going to be about is evil locust and the answer is yes because for some reason that I do not understand to this day, Biosyn has made giant mutant locusts that eat up everything and will destroy the world. And I am not sure why the main villain has done this. This
0: is, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> this, this is the first problem. This is the first problem <laughs> with this movie. Um, so my letterbox review is pretty scathing. And I come at it from the angle of, I just want to explain why this movie's bad because some two things are probably happening. One, people are probably stepping out of the theater going, that wasn't very good, but probably can't explain why and they just know it wasn't very good. Or two, people who l- thought it was okay will go, I don't understand why people don't like it. And I think the locust is a really big one. The uh, rate at which the locusts eat crops is so expedient that even if your master plan is to then have people buy your seed um, to like plant in your farms, uh the... Consumer based will die before <laughs> you actually get profit from Which,
1: this. Okay, the locusts are doing things at a rate in an unpredictable way that they did not intend. I can buy that, but I just don't get why they did this in the first place. Well, so they think it's sell the, the seed, but but it's just so
0: brain dead. And with scientists that are smart enough to resurrect dinosaurs, they would obviously
1: see that this is not a good idea. So it's yeah, well, yeah, in that Why way. wouldn't you? <laughs> Like, uh, secondly, it's, just, it's a stupid plan, even if you can come with a reason for it. It's a stupid plan. But
0: the solution to solve the problem is even stupider. And here's what it is. So um, we can... We can continue going in order, but I've got to jump around now. So basically she gets abducted because they want to do tests on her, why she's a clone, whatever. And one guy, specifically B.D. Wong, who just looks so exhausted in this movie. Not just because they make him look older, Although, but did he just like not want to be here. He,
1: boy, did he luck out being in one scene in the original Jurassic Park. He's in a single scene. He has one line. And because of the thing now is just to like get as many recurring returning actors as you can, he ends up being a massive part of another big sequel trilogy. So, So uh well done get that bag yeah you gotta do something
0: um but anyways he says if i can under uh, he knows more information he says i need her so that i can do something to genetically modify the the locust again to get them to die um (laughs) and you find out this is even more stupid stuff so like you, you pick up you pick up one thing and everything falls over so the the deeper lore of this character is not that in the second movie that the dad wanted to resurrect his daughter, so he makes a clone of her or whatever. Um, it is that, no, the daughter was a really brilliant scientist, and she was inherently going to try and find how to uh, procreate asexually. Is it possible? C- cool science fiction idea. Don't know why it's in Jurassic Park, but <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and try it out. So at some point you find out she succeeds, right? She's able to do artificial insemination by herself, which is theoretically kind of cool. But again, not in this movie. But then after she gives birth to herself, essentially, same DNA, same person, same whatever, um, she the the older self, the scientist, finds out she has a fatal disease that's genetic to her. So she goes, oh no, I got to figure out how to cure this so I can cure my child version of myself so that they don't grow up and have the same disease. This is withstand notwithstanding the part that um, twins can be born from the same DNA, but then as they're growing separately, they uh, literally change based on environment. And um, technically, I think there's a theory of like everything has forms of radiation. It's just massively different, but all that affects us over time. So that's why you can have people change and look different all the time. Anyways, so uh, I guess it doesn't mean anything though, because once she turns 36, she gets cancer. So we got to stop that. It's not cancer. It's just some fatal, unnamed movie sickness. So, but uh, she's able to cure it, right? She gets, she's able to make a vaccine that essentially changes the DNA of her. But if this is possible... Why doesn't she just give it to herself so that she could cure the disease that she has? I don't know. Man.
1: I don't know. <laughs> well, what's even wilder is that when Maisie is told, like, hey, we need you to save the world, she goes, peace. And just, like, runs away.
0: Yes. And, she, <laughs> and then later goes, actually, that's a good idea. So she rather would let the dinosaurs go out in the real world because they're just like her. She loves dinosaurs,
1: dude. <laughs> whatever.
0: So, um, so she's I mean, just perpetually bad for the earth. Maybe she should be going through Eleven's conundrum in season four yeah. where she doesn't belong in the world. I don't know, but like, take, take a second and
1: step back too. Just like when you think Jurassic Park movie, do you think what, of any of this? Does you, any of this come want? to mind? Do you want a giant swarm of locusts, or do you want dinosaurs to fight each other, or humans to fight dinosaurs? I would mind
0: both. That could be cool. Where you get a cartoonish scene where a person's running from locusts, and then locusts come around, and then they leave, and it's a skeleton. Like that would be really funny. They, but but you don't get anything funny.
1: Yeah, in the locusts movie. are ever present, but they don't really <laughs> do much in terms of like how they affect. Like, they're really important to the plot in events that happen, but they don't actually, there's no sequences of them devouring a city or something. It's bizarre. Like, why is any of this in a Jurassic Park movie? Is this the question you keep asking yourself, even though they went through all the trouble bringing back the main principal three characters from the first movie.
0: It's the worst legacy movie one week after the best legacy movie. Maverick, you watch Maverick,
1: you watch Creed, you even watch any of the Marvel movies where they bring back characters or whatever. And the characters are all treated with more respect and all those other properties. They're given more things to do because at the end of the day, like there really isn't much a reason to have these returning characters other than that's a good hook for people to come see the movie because there's some stuff at the end where they interact with these new characters but it becomes very painfully obvious that the new characters have brought very little of new to the franchise and what they have brought is extremely stupid they don't
0: have characters because they
1: even yeah. have to lampshade how weird there's that scene in the trailer where like he talks about oh we have to go say blue because i promised his mom and jeff Goldblum's like you made a promise to a dinosaur and it's played for laughs but yeah that's what's happening and it's stupid it's and there's a really scene where they stupid. have to like use their mind thing to stop a velociraptor and sam Neil's there and just like what are you guys doing and it just keeps highlighting how weird these new movies have been and how they've brought nothing of value to the new franchise and it's just it's just a disaster yeah so basic so she so she does this vaccine though
0: right and they're like we need to essentially <laughs> find the vaccine to to which by the way they just inject into the little uh, the girl version which i thought it would be more interesting if like the baby like it would be more of a science fiction maybe i guess august would be rated r because it's scary but the baby she has dies and so she has to make another one and then like but it's born without the with the dna change but i guess you could just stab someone it changes their dna whatever and so but then bd wong's like i needed to figure that out and I have to reverse engineer that and put it in the locus so that I can change the locus DNA so that they don't procreate. But then that he just puts it into one, which means only that one can't procreate and the rest would just continue procreating. So when he's cheering at the end, like he just did something cool. I'm like, you didn't do anything. The locusts are just uh, still alive it, 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 at this point. This is, this, this is the thing. This is the part where even the film science doesn't work because Disney world does this already. Disney World is in Florida. It is a swamp. There is mosquitoes everywhere, but not in Disney World. Why? Because they have an entire specific staff whose job is to find the, where the wildlife are located, including mosquitoes. They're able to essentially like uh, neuter the mosquito population in the area so that they're able to still live where they are and like still contribute to the ecology of the area. And then they just die off. But they do it to an entire hive and then they can kind of keep keep up with it and they so they're never removing mosquitoes from the ecology but they're keeping them from getting to the point where you're in your Disney world you get stung all the time um, and so this science already exists but the movie doesn't know that because Colin trevorrow doesn't know that I guess so it's just like it's just so stupid um it just keeps giving on like it's it's just the gift gift that keeps on giving and like yeah the, so so nothing technically gets solved at the end. The, the, the locusts should technically still be eating everybody like there should be a second movie where it just shows bd wog like at a bar and he's just wasted going i failed i failed and there's like mosquitoes and like locusts right outside trying to break in because like nothing happened there's no what's they didn't solve anything and as far as the movie's concerned like they try to do this shot of like we all need to work together with nature it just shows like dinosaurs walking with like animals and i'm like yo These animals are gone. (laughs) It's like the horse population should be decimated. There's no fish in the water because you have this giant uh, like sea monster should be eating all these whales. You thought orcas were almost extinct. Man alive. What else is this thing going to eat? You think it eats krill? I don't know, man.
1: Yeah. So you're probably thinking, um, hey, when do dinosaurs start breaking out and killing people? (laughs) The answer is never. That actually doesn't happen in the movie. There's a handful of sequences where a single character is chased by a dinosaur. But hey, the dinosaurs look bad in this movie. They all look like you uh, you really yearn for the industrial light and magic. Di- practical effects dinosaurs from the OG films. By the end of it, they all look like vaguely CGI creatures. And most of the movie is this. They're running around a biosyn facility. And there's kind of my plot twist. Also, the main villain, Dr. Lewis Dodson, is a character from the first Jurassic Park film. You mean Tim uh, Cook? <laughs> or, yes, or Tim was, Sweeney. <laughs> clearly, model after a couple people. We need that um, girl.
0: She's the most valuable IP on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Shut
1: up! And <laughs> uh, so insufferable. Campbell Scott is giving kind of an interesting character. I never got like a feel for him. He just kind of made me uncomfortable to
0: look at. My friend texted me and was like, "What the heck was that about? About the f- protein bar?" Did that ever got paid I off? I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought they were implying like he wasn't real. So he had to like go off and take like an intravenous thing to to keep him alive. And he needs the girl because he's a clone. And it's like, well, I don't know what that was about. I pitched
1: this to my friends after the movie. But like the end of the movie should have been him injecting himself some kind of serum and turning into a dinosaur creature.
0: Yeah. Give us some body horror. Right, that'd be, that'd cool. be cool. Right. And, and then like, Jeff Goldblum has a reaction shot where he's like, Ugh, this is like a dream I had with a fly yeah, or something yeah. stupid. Because <laughs> this movie's. So dumb, why not? Just for do once, it. I wish
1: life wouldn't find a way, you know. Maybe. <laughs>
0: um, so bad. Oh, and then, the, life finds a way to just shotguns him in the face or something. <laughs> so awesome
1: to it's the like grave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he could have fought the T Rex and the Apex Predator, that'd have been cool. Um, there's yeah, there's a couple of dino on dino action scenes, they take place like a two hours in the movie um lewis dodson is a character from the first jurassic park film you remember him as the person who gets wayne knight to get the shaving cream thing which is why the movie painstakingly draws attention to the fact he has a can of shaving cream it's a thing from the first movie it makes no sense why it's there i'm not gonna get into it um he also is not played by the original actor the original actor cameron thor um had some bad stuff happen to him google his name if you want to know what happened with that guy um but uh yeah he's a terrible villain there's nothing really interesting that happens with him uh, the movie just kind of keeps limping along with this with this bizarre locust plot. <laughs> and then the they, the bad guys try and stop them from doing stuff and they give up. And then the dinosaurs just get out of control. And then Jurassic Park kind of happens. There's a bunch of weird stuff at this point where like there's a sequence. It's established that they're watching them all the time, yet don't stop them from doing anything. Right? Like there's all these shots of them watching them on surveillance cameras, but they don't stop the heroes from progressing very weird i don't, I don't
0: understand man <laughs> it's really it is
1: it is the stupid. i just There's, i don't know what happened man. it's two what and a half hours and nothing happens it's very weird
0: it i almost fell asleep it's like i said at the beginning i don't know what, i don't know what to, I, this movie's really dumb <laughs> it's the dumbest it is one of the dumbest movies now it is not the worst movie i've seen this year that's definitely still texas chainsaw and then the bubble by Judd Apatow, Uh but this is my I, I favorite. I chainsaw
1: way above this. I'm sorry. Like, this is, it managed to both be, ba- it managed to be bad on all fronts. It is, it is extremely long and boring. It, I was waiting for the movie the end the whole time. And I did then,
0: think about it. I just want to make clear, I could have seen this being my last, my absolute least favorite of the year, but, but yeah. But it's, uh, it's there's bad. no, and there's no
1: action. There's no exciting sequences. There's no fun chases. There's, there's no- really no
0: acting either. Like, it's just people <laughs> standing there the camera. I- i don't it's, know man it's Do you remember that part when sam neill climbs the ladder and everyone in the theater goes there's gonna be one on top and it's gonna spook him and he's gonna fall off the ladder and hit his head there's so many and then weird, he does it
1: there's so <laughs> many weird things like the editing of that whole sequence of being chased and trying to climb up a ladder characters just v- teleport around the screen and there are places
0: forget like, the hat <laughs> i need the hat
1: <laughs> and he gets the so hat stupid. uh there's a scene where Campbell Scott runs away from some dinosaurs he doesn't close the door behind him and then the three dinosaurs are in the, in the it's there's tons of stuff like that in the movie and it's just there's nothing to recommend I want this franchise to finally die Jurassic Park is a franchise that is near and dear to my heart I think I mentioned it mentioned before but the second Jurassic Park film is the first movie I remember seeing in theaters it is my first memory of seeing a movie on the big screen is the second Jurassic Park film so I say this with much reverence and love for this franchise. It just needs to stop or at least take a long, <laughs> long sleep before somebody figures stop, out what to do stop, with this. He's thing.
0: already dead. Yeah,
1: it's it's the it's a dead horse being beat to death with another dead horse. It is I like Jurassic Park 3. I think it's a perfectly fine people being chased by a monster movie. Jurassic World, not the worst movie I've seen. It has its moments. So I am not somebody who's hated on this franchise. I am in the minority where I say I, I probably have liked a majority of these movies. But this is just a complete colossal failure really on every bad. conceivable level. It is boring. It is insulting. It is weird in ways that aren't interesting. And it's it's boring in, in ways that are are interesting because you don't understand how you could be seeing a clone run away from dinosaurs and say – this is boring. Like you have so many simultaneously strange science fiction ideas, yet nothing happens at the same time. A world overrun with dinosaurs, yet there is no action. There is multiple dinosaurs fighting each other, yet it is completely inert and there's nothing kinetic happening on screen. You have multiple celebrate actors who, have, who are award winning, and there is it, everyone looks like they are being forced there at gunpoint. It is... I just, I cannot, I could not believe what I was seeing. It is, it is the worst thing I've seen this year. I rate this below Morbius because Morbius is 90 minutes. I rate this below Texas yes, Chainsaw. This is,
0: yeah. I asked Catherine, I was like, is this worth a Morbius? And she goes, no, because Morbius has the, the kindness to be 90 minutes long. Yeah. And we got some
1: good memes out of Morbius. And oh, Texas yeah. Chainsaw has some fun gore scenes. Um, so <laughs> the fact that I can name anything about those movies that I kind of liked yeah, puts it above this. I, I yeah I'm glad I didn't pay money to see it
0: yeah me too so, it's pretty bad um
1: uh so anyway uh Melvin would you recommend Jurassic World Dominion
0: <laughs> I didn't even recommend it to you why'd you go see it I told you <laughs> not to uh I told you about the stairs bro come on uh, it's just bad it's I hate this movie so much I was actively texting people saying don't go see this don't go see this don't go see <laughs> this was, theater I had a full campaign against this movie and I'll continue it to, to the day I die. Um. But yeah, this movie is just, just terrible. I, as we're talking, I was almost like, is this going to be a three-parter? Am I going to have to cut this up? This there's just <laughs> well, so much point, to talk about here. There's, but then-
1: there's so many little things you can complain about forever and ever. But at yeah. certain point, you just have to say like, it's bad it's it it is this it is the evil psycho version of everything we've learned about franchising right because it's like we're gonna get all the legacy actors back we're gonna have callbacks we're gonna have deep lore and continuity where remember that guy who hires wayne knight in the first jurassic park movie well he's the villain of this movie like it made it took all of the wrong lessons from every successful blockbuster that's happened like it it's like, oh, you guys want something new? Well, here's something new. We're gonna take it feels like one of those movies where, for those who don't know, um, almost every diehard sequel started production as a different film. Like they just took another action movie script and put um uh John McClain in it, and a couple other Bruce Willis movies began production as diehard movies, like 16 Blocks was supposed to be a diehard movie, and they just slapped the die hard name on it. This feels like that. This feels like someone found a science fiction disaster movie script and just threw Jurassic Park on it. Because it's an eco disaster movie about locusts, where dinosaurs are also walking around in the background. It's like that skit you talked about with Bill Hader eating spaghetti, but it replaced <laughs> Bill Hader eating spaghetti with dra- dinosaurs, yes. and that is what yeah. this is. You oh, know, that's so bad. Uh, it's... I hate this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did it again, Trevor. <laughs>
1: I feel so bad for bashing on a guy who clearly is passionate and he has some talent. Well, um, I feel
0: the reason I feel bad about it
1: is because I remember a couple years. Boy, to is he having me. a bad run though? Let's well, just
0: so let's let's do a really brief aside before we go into recommendations um so is it morally okay to mock people not necessarily but it is morally okay to like criticize what someone puts out for public engagement especially if you're purchasing it right it's like,
1: literally a whole a whole career is criticizing movies
0: not just that but <laughs> why did you put this out because you want to make money and how do you make more money because the thing's good and people want to go see it And it's okay if you put it out and it's not very good. Partially, that's how the market works. And it's also just how logic works, right? If you're sitting around in an ideas room, and someone puts out an idea, and they're routinely putting out ideas that don't work or are bad, you would kick them off of that ideas room. And in some way, you're going to think about in the future, when you add somebody to the room, you're going to look for signs of like, Mm, that guy kind of sounds like the other guy we had. Do we really want him on? And also, you may even talk about it when you go out to for dinner, or go out and spend time with people. It'll be like, t- remember that idea that guy had about like let's do a Jurassic Park movie, but there's a clone girl who lets dinosaurs out to just essentially kill everyone. <laughs> just- and then the next movie, we don't show anyone getting killed by dinosaurs. Like, there's something uh okay, I think about that. Right? There's something to to find funny about that. Now, when Jurassic World Two came out. And Book of Henry, I think, came out like just uh, within a year before that. That's probably why he didn't direct the second one. It's because he worked on Book of Henry. Um, there was a lot of criticism online, especially Twitter, like talking about it. And when he got knocked off of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine because he was originally slated to write that one, uh, write and direct it, got kicked off. And there were tweets like saying, "Like, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness." And then there was specifically one where someone said, "Like, thank goodness, Trevor was not doing it. It probably would be a disaster." And Trevor responded back, say, "Like, I just." I think it's important you know how hurtful this is to constantly Aww. have people saying this. And like <laughs> it was, so sad. I know it's really sad. But like his response was so level-headed, right? Like this is hurtful. This is mean. So, okay.
1: Hey, the thing that you that gives you meaning in life, the thing you direct <laughs> <laughs> your passion towards, it you're bad sucks. at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. So like what let's let's think about this, right? Like are we allowed to to say something's bad knowing that someone might someone's feeling maybe hurt? Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Here's two reasons. One, if you make something and you put it out in public, especially for something like in an industry built around that system, um, it's important for people to know if they're going to support you by sending you money to 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 budget a film that you'll make. They need to be able to trust that you can make a product right. Right. Like that's in a way, you could argue if you wanted to get all moral about life and constantly put morality to stuff. It's immoral that he took people's money and made a bad movie. Hey, you should have made a good movie, right? Well, I now, mean, I'm not uh, about that. I don't think that way because I think that's stupid, right? I don't think that helps. I don't think that's useful. You should be – not you should. You can make whatever you want based on what you get, um, and that's fine. But uh, is it okay then to like – come out with something and then make it just for the art and keep it private or share it intimately with certain people, that's fine too. And you know what? If someone says it's not very good, you know that you're not putting out for profit. You're not expecting people to purchase it. You're not expecting people to critique it. It's just totally fine. It's for personal gain. But these movies aren't being made for that. They're being made for profit. They're being made for fans. They're being made for franchise. They're being made for marketing. They're being made for all the partnership deals they have with toys or clothing, all that sort of stuff. So like when it comes out being bad, there can be something a little absurd about how much money is spent by rich people, the 1%, to make something like this, especially when you understand the industry, which means someone read this script and gave it a green light. And then someone had to raise money for it. And then someone had to go out and get product placement. And then someone had to go out and make t-shirts for it. And then someone said it was a good idea to have a dinosaur walk in front of a circle. So it makes the logo on the screen. <laughs> so
1: like, Oh my gosh, that was stupid. I,
0: um, I think it's okay then to be like, I saw this movie. It's bad. And I want to laugh at it. And I also think it's okay. If someone is just putting stinker out of stinker over and over, there's something that can be like, is something, is he okay? <laughs> like, is something yeah. I, right?
1: just, I, I- like, I, I do think it's tough because Colin Trevorrow is credited as being it's in so involved in this movie, like he's credited as writing and directing, and but he also and, directed
0: it. And you know and, what? Um, at the end of the day, he gets to choose who does what in front of the camera. So if he to an wants extent. to change I mean, it, he can, right? Yeah. Like
1: that's totally fine. I mean, movies are a collaborative process. Lots of people. There's a lot of blame to go around. Like for example. For example, if an actor shows up and doesn't feel like performing, there's only so much you can do to make them perform. Yes. Or whatever, or if Josh Trank shows up drunk today, it's like there's <laughs> yeah. only so much you could do. Um, so. and to be fair, he is making a sequel to a movie that he didn't direct, so who knows, like, how much it he made purpos- 1.7 billion on Jurassic
0: World. So yeah. he is going
1: to stick around for a while, in yeah. Hollywood, um, and this movie's making money, it's already made over. Somewhere between $600 and $700 million already.
0: (laughs) You just hurt my heart so bad.
1: (laughs) But I mean, a public response to it is going to be what it is. I mean, Trevorrow and everyone involved is under no moral obligation to make a movie that I like. They just have to make a movie. And as long as it makes back all the money put into it, everything works fine. The ecosystem keeps going. Um, Obviously, I would prefer if people made movies I liked. But that's not. They're not sitting there going, "What would the cinematic like, podcast think of this?" But this know? is like, I don't even know who would like this movie. That's I the don't thing, either. Because like, even um, I'm a. I said I'm a Jurassic Park fan. I'm a fan of this franchise. They brought back all <laughs> my favorite people for this. But you know, I I <laughs> and I really like seeing. Um, I know Dr. Ian Malcolm has a smallish role in the second one, but I didn't see it. Um, I I love seeing Laura Dern back, and I love seeing Sam Neill back. I mean, I've seen Sam Neill in a lot of stuff recently, but. Um, I like seeing all of them back as their characters. Are like you just bed,
0: re-watching that- Event Horizon every night oh, before bed? <laughs>
1: out. I just like the part where his eyes are gone. Um, but he, he's, he in Taika, he's in a lot of he's in a lot of taiko with stuff, you know, now, Sam Neill, mm-hmm. So because he's in mm-hmm. Hunt for the Wilder people, he keeps having cameos in the Thor movies. Um But yeah, like so Trevor O is under no obligation to make me happy. It is unfortunate, but I mean It is, it is a specific field where you get lots of feedback and people get feedback at their jobs all the time. Your boss tells you to do a good job. If you work in retail, customers will tell you exactly how they feel about stuff. Um, I get lots of feedback in my, in my job. You know, every time I do anything in front of a group, I get (laughs) feedback from all kinds of people, all kinds of stuff, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. It is part of the job. It's just, it just, because of the scale of what he's doing, even more so than compared to like him doing small short films or indie films. Um, He's going to get lots of feedback from everyone all the time because he's making a freaking Jurassic Park movie, which a lot of people are going to see and have feelings on. And so that's just part of the territory. You know, that's partially why anytime someone gets cast as Batman, they tell them not to go on the internet for a couple months specifically because people are going to have feelings about that. It's unfortunate if you're black and you're in Star Wars. You can <laughs> If you're if yeah. you're at any ethnicity, the city other
0: Gary, poor Rose, um, uh, Rose Tico, and uh, yeah. Moses
1: Ingram. I think that's her name. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, that's just it, when when the official Star Wars account has to put out videos of Ewan McGregor going, oh, excuse me, guys, could you stop being racist? <laughs> like, that's really bad <laughs> talking to fans like their children. Yeah, <laughs> so the same sad. children who wanted Dr. Like, Strange to be rated R. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just my reaction is just like, oh, So it's come to this <laughs> Obi-Wan yeah. has to come out. I'm surprised I did to do the thing right. I wish he costume. just went. The show's
0: not even good. What are you complaining about? Why do you care so there's much? There's a lot it's- of things wrong with it, and <laughs> that ain't one of them. Um <laughs> I really thought like her character did something and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, there's a uh, maybe a potential fan favorite from Rebels that has a result, but the show's not over yet, so or at least I don't think it is. It probably is now by the time this goes online. It definitely is now. But like I, I I've, been, I've been watching
1: Miss Marvel instead. Which is very I, yeah. I want
0: to get around to that, but yeah, I just all that to say is like I I think it's totally fine for you to be critical of something. I even think it's fine to make direct jokes. YMS's, uh, just did have finally releases the first part for his Lion King 2019 review, and he really gets at John Favreau a lot. And John Favreau is a fun guy. He's like basically everyone's friend in Hollywood. He makes some good movies, and every now and then he makes one that's not very good, like Lion King 2019. And he constantly is talking like. Come on, John. Why'd you choose to do this? John, this and that, whatever. But then even at the end, he's like, look, a part of what I'm doing is performing is comedy. Comedy sometimes is directing to make a faux villain. Like we want to be like, uh, oh, he's doing the thing again. Who's giving him a paycheck? Let's look. But that doesn't always mean that they're just going to perpetually make bad stuff. Like I mentioned, safety not guaranteed. I know it's over like a decade since that, but like a pretty
1: good movie it, and like it's people do keep evoking that movie when talking about Colin Trevorrow. it's kind of like um neil blomkamp in district nine it's the
0: only good one i mean yeah jurassic world was made but jurassic world was probably like um Dr- yeah like exactly like district nine yeah but like jurassic world was probably a, a very committee movie but then yeah it makes 1.8 yeah, yeah. million dollars mm-hmm. so like it's like okay i guess you or 1.8 billion sorry i um, i, I would be shocked
1: if um, both the Jurassic World movies were like Colin Trevorrow visions from farm to table. You know, not I, the
0: first one, but possibly the second one with the script. Uh, but he didn't direct that one. At no, J- uh, Ballena, uh,
1: Bayona. I think He's great. Name. He directed The Orphanage, which is one of the best like gothic horror type movies in the past like twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed When a Monster Calls. Yeah, there's um, some
0: horror stuff in uh, he's, he's in uh, Jurassic World too. That that feels pretty good. But then, yeah, what? this one is a master. I mean, that's a off, right? Because
1: we're sitting there like Orphanage. Guillermo del Toro produced like uh, one of my, these are big movies. Also, lots of people, but we're giving him the credit for it being good. So I guess maybe that's a trade off, right? Like if Jurassic World Dominion had been terrific, we would be like, "Oh, Colin Trevorrow, he's so great," and not giving credit to all the other people involved in the process. Versus when it's bad, we're like, "Well, maybe it's not his fault." You know, directors so it, are big man though. Maybe that's like the they, maybe that's the risk reward of it. We're talking about know? Stranger Things, and
0: it's like, yeah, these children actor are very good. But they also have directors that are really good at pulling them out. Yeah. I mean, like that's so director is really important, especially if it's writer-director Colin Trevorrow. So it's like his involvement is much, much stronger in here. Sure. I mean
1: I do think like there is the, the the great example of this is Star Wars, where it's like George Lucas, right? He is the mind behind Star Wars, but um there's so it's many like people yeah. involved in that that made it what it is. From the people who did concept art, who designed those iconic um, uh, the the uh, uh, creatures and robots, and even the and sounds. You have the Phil Tippett. You have all the people doing the the sound design, the the special effects. You have the people who actually like changed things about the story. That <laughs> George Lucas had some weird ideas that they got pared down. So it's like. It, it's it is a collaborative process where lots of people, yes. like the people doing the costume design, like they probably don't get a lot of credit. The people actually editing the movies together, um, they probably don't get. A ton <laughs> That's of,
0: frankly it, with the Northmen, one of the semi criticisms is costume design. They don't look dirty enough. Why are their teeth perfect? Stuff like that. Like it's. Um. So yeah, I I I kind of get what you're saying, but it also is like we can look at precedent, right? Like it, it um, is
1: it is a big part of the movie. I'm not saying it's nothing, but right, I mean right 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 <laughs> like.
0: Because even the puppets I felt didn't look very good. I'm going to be really honest, right? Like the practical effects here, I did not.
1: Nothing here was good, uh, which are few <laughs> okay. and far
0: between. But they just don't look good. It's like it really is an amazing movie where almost everything is against it, and
1: uh, it's all topped I'm gonna, off. I'm going to name some, I'm going to name some things. I like Isabella Sermon as the clone girl. I like. Um, DeWanda wise is very likable and charismatic and they scene. basically
0: changed justice Smith. I don't know if you knew how he was in the, well, yeah, you didn't see the second one. He's basically the nerdy male character who screams like a girl. So like that classic eighties, seventies trope of, uh, of a character. And I think it's funny that in this movie, he probably was like, I'm not doing that again. So they're <laughs> like, ah, uh, he's a CIA agent. <laughs> and so he just talks with like, it's probably just his voice. He probably hates that. He's in that other one. But I mean, and, it got uh, him some exposure and he got to be in some pretty good projects lately. So yeah,
1: And uh, I like seeing Archive 81 again. I, yeah. I that was neat. <laughs> if he's
0: a, a good actor. I want to see him do a lot more. He doesn't look like he has a lot slated for the future because he was probably banking on a contract for season two. But um, but he's got... A, I'm sure he's got a good career ahead for him. So that's the it point is, like bad movie. movie. Bad movie. Um,
1: better luck next time, Mr. Trevorrow. Um, I mean, I, I don't... You didn't make a good movie. I'll just <laughs> – I don't know how else to say it, buddy. But um, I'm sure – you made movies that made money, though. So I'm sure I'll get more shots to do stuff that you're um, – you get a swing at it. You but, think he's going to be like um,
0: – it's not as interesting as Shyamalan, but kind of like that where he makes this huge well, movie. Sh- Shyamalan took then...
1: big swings that didn't hit. I think there's a difference where even in his movies that are just terrible, you can see – you can see what he's going for. I and like so the
0: happening. It's kind of like. Happening's hilarious. It's like, don't, hilarious, don't but it's me also me like really interesting at the same
1: time. Like, <laughs> well, it's just
0: so uh, bizarre, but it's, it's really uh, yeah, funny. It's,
1: oh, these movies man, are but, so weird that you're just like, there's something here. There's something about him as a creative force. Yes. That for good or for bad, you can't quite look away. So and also yes, yeah,
0: six Sense made a
1: lot of money. Unbreakable That's a it didn't great make a movie.
0: whole lot, but it made a decent amount. And then signs even did pretty well. But
1: uh, I don't like signs. I Village, know, I'm, know I'm in the minority, one. but people like signs. I don't like it. But he's got a lot of scripts
0: and uh, he's working a lot. But I think he's been doing servant lately for Apple Plus. Anyways, what do you recommend on this uh, wonderful episode of Jurassic <laughs> World? No call in Dominion. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Um, so, I'm working on a couple projects right now uh, for church. I'm doing some uh, more topical sermons and uh, lessons, that sort of thing. So, I've had to look at a couple different resources to get a vibe and understanding. And I'm going to throw out uh, a, a big boy book. Um, ooh. Um, I'm going to recommend i might have recommended this on the pod before but i mean this is just i think something it should be in every christian's library every library needs a good systematic theology text um the standard that all people have is wing grudem's um but i'm going to recommend the christian faith by michael horton it is a systematic theology text uh, but man oh man is it good his descriptions the way it's laid out it is a dense book. Don't get me wrong, but it's formatted like a traditional textbook. Because if anyone's gotten a classic systematic text like Louis Burkeoff's or, um, oh, gosh, I just blanked on his name. Uh, looking over real quick at his, I have, I have, I have his book right over here. Um, I'm going to lose points with some people or Charles Hodge, his systematic theology. Um, they can be a little cumbersome to read and a little cumbersome to get through in the way they're formatted. But Hortons is just uh, really easily laid out. It's a good step, too, after you've read, like, Everyone's a Theologian by R.C. Sproul or even one of the condensed versions of, uh, like, uh, Bible Doctrine, also by Wayne Grudem or... Um, what's his name? uh miller j erickson's introducing christian doctrine one of those uh michael horton's the christian faith is a good step up from those it goes really in depth on basically everything you'll ever need to know uh but laid out in a very um logical and uh logically consistent way so which i think is really important uh for christian belief so the christian faith by michael horton
0: uh i'm gonna recommend an album uh there is a particular female artist named no name i don't know if you've ever listened to oh any. yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah I, i've I liked think,
1: a couple of their tracks i was
0: like i think we have similar tastes so you probably know but listeners might not but <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> per our discussion about what songs would save us from vecna i was just like oh this yeah, peter right. gabriel song like <laughs> you know yeah, like jim yeah. peggy <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
0: Pe- no one no one expected peggy but free the Frail a pretty rough song it's good Emotionally heavy, but anyways, uh, talking about emotionally heavy. Um, no Name's first album, Telephone, is really, really good. Um, I I'm the kind of person who, unlike other stuff, where I like to look up history and like background albums, I just listen to. I almost never look up the history behind an album. I don't really ever find out stuff about artists. I like to just go into albums and kind of like interpret them as i listen to the songs and how i feel from them and think and telephone um i don't know what spurred on this album for no name but it really feels like a melancholy film about coming of or film (laughs) yeah see here it is um melancholy album about coming of age about um it's i i want to say losing a child um because there's a lot of tracks like and i just again i don't know the history behind this i'm just talking about how it makes me feel um but a lot of tracks have like the sounds of a young baby like making noise in the background to kind of feed some of the sounds the lyrics are extremely like introspective and very good um but they're also some of the songs are really poppy like sunny duet and diddy bob uh it is just great it is only 10 songs so it's actually a pretty small album. I totally, totally recommend it. I mean, these songs are ear candy. I mean, they are going to stick around for a while. You we'll put them on, you get transported when you're listening to them, uh, and uh, yeah, it's also just like really moving too. So definitely, definitely, definitely recommending "Telephone," uh, the album "Telephone" by No Name, and I think uh, I think you're going to love it. So. Oh, and I I didn't even mention this, but like I, always, I also I find album art the one of the most freeing art uh aspects for covers video game art covers are just terrible posters for movies you can find good ones but they're usually not the main promotional arts but album covers can just be like the weirdest things but they always are fascinating to correlate to the music itself usually there's also reasons for why people pick those covers except for if they're like really popular artists like i don't know like uh just really big artists but like Um, even the other, the cover for Telephone is just like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to correlate it to the album itself. And I just, yeah, I love album art covers. I always wish movies and stuff like that could, could be free to part, let their um, box art participate in the experience of engaging the medium but we all know that'll never happen and since music is so especially now so streamlined to just be spotify and you can just press play album cover doesn't even really have to be a part of the marketing so it can just be part of the storytelling of the album and i think even the album cover fits along with the what the interpretable themes of the uh of the album i don't know if you ever thought about that yourself dan but i i think uh that's something i think about music not to to start a tangent about music <laughs> albums and art but it's just something i find pretty interesting
1: no like i i think about album art um not a lot but mostly because i'm from i'm probably the last generation that has the experience of like i would just go into like a record store or whatever and i just pick an album based on the yeah,
0: artwork i remember shopping at fye picking up um, cds it was pretty cool yeah i, I would get to fyt what was it um Mindless self-indulgence. The art cover was by the guy who did Invader Zim. I forget. His oh name, yeah, yeah, but, yeah,
1: and that's a wild band. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually, the No Name song I remember is just called No Name. It's off the album Room Twenty Five, which I I listened to that record um maybe one a couple times because I, I remember when it came out. But so I have not listened to the album that you're talking about. So it's good. I'll give that a listen. Um, but yeah, album artwork is to me, it's part of the experience. Like I remember like you take, you get the CD, you take the, the, uh, booklet out, you open read it lyrics,
0: up. you'd read the kid A radiohead. It's, it's such cool artwork in that one.
1: It's great. Uh, I never had the physical copy of that, unfortunately, but it's
0: very good. Um,
1: it's, it's all, it's, it's like kind of like video game uh, guides and stuff. It's a, kind of, it's a lost bit of art, but it was part of the overall experience, Um, which I think removing those aspects kind of helps make things a little more disposable, unfortunately. Um, Because when it's, it's easier to move on from one thing to another, like you don't like this, you don't have that same experience of this is my game. This is my album. This is mine. You know it inside and out. You've really experienced it. There's a tactile element of you physically possess it. I think losing that is something that's kind of inevitable, but still sad. But um,
0: anyway, so any fun reco and, uh,
1: fun um. recommend. Um, yes. What have I been doing? That's fun lately. Um, having, having fun. Have I watched anything other than the new season of the floor is lava? Um, I am going to recommend a particular, particular episode of, um, a podcast. A sad thing in the, in the, is, is, um, the WTF podcast of Mark Marin is a staple of the podcast genre. It's one of the most important podcasts to ever exist. And unfortunate, a sad tradition he has is whenever an actor passes away or a figure that he's interviewed passes away, he posts the episodes uh, with them. And so I have sitting here, I have Norm MacDonald from 2011, Peter Bogdanovich from 2015 and Ray Liotta's episode um, from 2018. And, Uh, Going back and listening to them was great, partially because Ray Liotta's story of how he became an actor is really fascinating to me. Um, It is lacking in a lot of pretension. It's very matter-of-fact. And it was just refreshing to hear someone talk about their journey into um, the world of Hollywood, not because they had some grand (laughs) designs for being an artiste, but just because it just ended up being something they were good at. Uh, And if that's sad, the palate cleanser is... Mark Maron has an episode with Phil Tippett and Phil Tippett is an awards winning effects artist. He's done special effects for tons of cool stuff. I mentioned earlier that he was did star Wars, but he also worked on things like Robocop. Um, But he made his solo directorial debut recently. Um, It's getting a ton of great uh, feedback on the film, film circuit and, um all that stuff it's called mad god i have not seen it so i can't recommend or not recommend oh it.
0: i i know what you're talking about it's like a um uh it's ah uh, it's like claymation it's supposed to be crazy yes like really like t- quite disturbing um but within the confines of its animation style
1: yes yeah. almost uh, no dialogue yeah oh i didn't know it had no dialogue that's interesting almost but, i think um
0: but so yeah, so those, two, yeah.
1: those two uh those two podcasts specifically ray leota and phil tippett from wtf podcast they're just um if i don't get to go to the theater or get to see a lot of movies and stuff i uh, often will take a step back and just listen to stuff that talks about filmmaking and acting and, and all that sort of stuff because i still love the whole thing of it so um those are my, that's my recommendation
0: Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash Doctrine. A special shout-out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlian, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Doctrine. link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks, too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.